We all know that panic selling goes hand in hand with the markets falling. And we hear about how our brains make us do it, how behavioral science issues, biases, etc., make us make these poor decisions. We're taught why this happens, but we're not taught who this happens to. Who is most susceptible to market panic? Another question, does panic selling actually lead to losses? The answer is yes and no. To properly answer this question as to who is most susceptible to panic selling, I want to turn this over to some brighter minds, a very capable group of researchers at the MIT Sloan School of Management who in 2021 prepared their study, When Do Investors Freak Out? Machine Learning Predictions of Panic Selling. The study focuses on the opportunity cost of panic selling and it concludes that freaking out does protect investors during a crisis, but these investors often wait too long to reinvest causing them to miss out on significant profits when the markets rebound. Advisors have long advised, and the common wisdom is that in times of crisis, the investor should just remain calm. However, even with that knowledge, there is a percentage of investors who continue to freak out, and they sell a large portion of their risk assets. When markets do drop, headlines are full of the stay-the-course guidance. This is often discussed in the financial press, but it's rarely defined or quantified. This study answers the question of who. The key driver that causes this panic selling is primarily momentum. When markets are up, people want more. When markets are down, people want less. And investors tend to buy stocks that show strong recent performance. They also tend to buy stocks that have higher trading volumes. And this suggests one of an investor's weakest links overconfidence. The investor's chief problem and even his worst enemy is likely to be himself, Benjamin Graham. Now, don't confuse panic selling with overtrading. In fact, overtrading is a bit like the opposite of panic selling. In a study by the University of California, Davis, trading is hazardous to your wealth, the common stock investment performance of individual investors, they conclude that it is detrimental to trade too frequently. Our main point is simple. Trading is hazardous to your wealth. Some investors tend to overtrade in any market environment and overconfidence can explain high trading levels and the resulting poor performance of individual investors. Simply put, yes, you need to be confident as an investor, but don't stray into the realm of overconfidence because that will probably come back to bite you. A parallel though to this panic selling is stop loss selling. And for those of you who employ this strategy, stop loss selling is simply a strategy that is put in place automatically to protect on the downside. So when a company turns, when a stock turns, there will be an automatic execution of a sell order to protect a certain gains. At certain times, this actually can come out to work to your advantage. If you look at an MIT study by Comiskey and Lowe, they conclude that certain stop loss rules add 50 to 100 basis points per month to the buy and hold portfolio during these stop out periods. This strategy of course assumes that at some point, that investor who has been stopped out gets back into the market. There is an assumption of re-entry. As always has been the case and always will be the case, investors tend to overreact to these large economic events. And there are many explanations for this. There's things like changes in investor sentiment, there's hurting behavior as we talked about earlier, there are market constraints, and there's changing risk preferences. Most studies we look at focus on price changes, but not the possible behavioral factors. This study ran from 2003 to 2015, and it took a random population of the United States and it studied 653,000 accounts and almost 3,000 households. It identified a panic sell 
when someone intentionally sells off a substantial portion of their risky assets abruptly. Over this 13-year time period, it identified over 36,000 panic sales, which actually is about 9% of all households. For those households who did panic sell, about 80% had at least one panic selling event during the time period, and about 11% had two events. Panic selling actually happens quite frequently, and not coincidentally, the spikes match up with the sharp falls in the market. So when the markets are down, selling goes up. The top 10 months during the study period showed the most significant number of panic sells coincide with significant stock market events. This confirmed that investors freak out in times of market uncertainty. That probably comes no surprise to any of us. This study and the stop loss studies show that panic selling actually can help to protect an investor on the downside. But the big question is, what happens to this panic seller after they get out of the markets? When we look at this study, 58.5% of these investors re-entered the market within one to five months and another 13% within six to 10 months. However, 31% have not taken on risk assets since they exited the market. So we know what happens when there's market events. We know that a percentage of the population will panic sell. The crux of this study though is who makes these mistakes. So who is going to get hurt by this panic selling? If you're a do-it-yourself investor, hopefully you've got all your things organized, but if not, I would invite you to check out Passive. Passive is a free platform that you can use to easily manage your investments. They offer a wide variety of features such as performance tracking. They have one-click trades, goal tracking, dividend tracking, and lots more. With Passive, you can monitor your investments and then quickly rebalance your portfolio to keep everything on track with your investor profile. So be sure to click on the link in the description below or in the pinned comment to start automating your investments to make sure that you're not one of those panic sellers that we're talking about in this video here. Now, when it comes to those panic sellers, there are certain characteristics that we can clearly identify. And sadly, in this case, size does actually matter. In fact, 43% had less than $20,000 in their portfolio. Another 14.5% had a portfolio in the $20,000 to $40,000 range. The only other double-digit percentage are those with portfolios in the range of $100,000 to $200,000. And interestingly, for those who had portfolios of over $400,000, less than 7% of the households actually sold during a panic during the time period of this study. And we contrast that with over 57% of those who had portfolios of less than $40,000. From a demographic perspective, those over the age of 45 did have a heightened tendency to make panic sales. Younger investors were less likely by a substantial margin. If you are married or divorced, you're far more likely to freak out than someone who is single or widowed. When we look at this from a gender perspective, males made up 56.2% of those who panic sold. And generally speaking, the more dependents you have, the more likely you are to freak out. So if you are a male 45 years or older with $40,000 or less in your portfolio, if you're married or divorced, and if you have dependents, you have a higher risk of panic selling than almost anybody else out there. And if that isn't bad enough, it actually gets worse. Let's look at investing experience and investing knowledge. For those investors who have a self-declared good or excellent investing experience, there is a significantly higher likelihood that you will panic sell in the event of a market volatility. For those who self-declare an investing knowledge of either good or excellent, again, you have a higher likelihood of panic selling than those who have limited to no investment experience. 
What we see in this study is that when there is a crisis in the markets, we will see this spike in panic selling. And generally, this would be considered to be a negative thing. However, we have seen that in certain cases, panic selling can actually help protect the portfolio on the downside. But the key is how long you remain out of the markets. And that is the, the big differentiator between someone panic selling and losing money and panic selling or stop loss selling and uh, turning that into a positive event. You should never invest blindly. You should know who you are as an investor. And if you do fall into this demographic that we've identified here, that may help you prepare for the next time that we do see significant market crisis. Have you ever freaked out? Is there an occasion where you freaked out, panic sold, and it cost you money? Or were you able to collect yourself and get back into the markets in a reasonable amount of time? Would love to see your stories. Please leave a comment below. Our investing academy is the first link below. I would invite you to check that out. And I thank you for watching the video. I look forward to seeing you in the next video.